Welcome to the Adult Candy Podcast. I'm Miss Crystal, your host and idea slinger. What is adult candy about? Well, it's dedicated to cultivating creativity and sensuality in adults, which, let's be honest, is what we all want more of anyway. This exploration of mindful indulgence is in conversations with a very delicious mix of rebels, noted creatives, and sex-positive advocates of an imaginative variety. We dig into process and tools for facing fears and chasing dreams and keeping the magic in running the business of creative sexy cool. While this is absolutely going to be explicit with adult content and bursting with very sexy, the mission here is about embracing and accepting pleasure and desire, which is an internal process. And that is the foundation for any type of meaningful intimacy, passion, or sexual prowess. So buckle up or unbuckle or buckle down because in these very bizarro times, we absolutely can't go back. We go through. Welcome to Adult Candy. Um, the podcast about cultivating creativity and sensuality for adults. And uh, my guest today is the one and only Cindy Gallup. And did I say that correctly? Yep, absolutely. Thank goodness. I have a real issue. Like I'm always paranoid about saying people's last names correctly. Um, And you are the founder of Make Love Not Porn. And first of all, Tell me what that means, uh, how it even came into the world. I know that there are some stories into it, but really, has this always been something that you have secretly, I mean, how secret has it been that you're like, what is this bullshit that, you know, has been propagating the world in terms of how people experience sexuality? Um, No, um, the answer to your question is absolutely not. My business is a complete and total accident. (laughs) I never consciously and intentionally set out to do anything that I now very bizarrely find myself doing. Um, So um, Make Love Not Porn came about um, accidentally um, through the fact that I date younger men. They tend to be men in their 20s. And about 12 or 13 years ago now, I began realizing through dating younger men that I was encountering an issue that would never have crossed my mind if I had not encountered it so very intimately and personally. I realized that I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. I realized that I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two things converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. And so I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa, I know where that behavior is coming from. I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this Other people must be as well. I didn't know that because 12, 13 years ago, nobody was talking about this. Nobody was writing about it. This was me in isolation as a naturally action-oriented person thinking, I want to do something about this. So 11 years ago, pure as a little side venture, 
Um, I put up on No Money a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just words. The construct was porn world versus real world. Here's what happens in the porn world. Here's what really happens in the real world. I had the opportunity to launch it at TED in 2009. I became the only TED speaker to say the words, come on my face on the TED stage six times in succession. The talk went viral as a result, and it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. And I, I realized that I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world, young and old, men and female, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out. And I thought, wow, I now have a personal responsibility. I have to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that will make it much more far-reaching, helpful, and effective. And I also saw an opportunity to do what I believe in very strongly, which is that the future of business is doing good and making money simultaneously. I saw the opportunity for a big business solution to this huge untapped global need. And I use the word big advisedly because even then, 11 years ago at concept stage, I knew if I wanted to counter the global impact of porn as default sex ed, I would have to come up with something that at least had the potential one day to be just as mass just as mainstream and just as all pervasive in our society as porn currently is. So setting myself a very big task right from the get-go. And what I decided to do was, um, so I always emphasize that make love not porn is not anti-porn because the issue isn't porn. The issue is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. If we did amongst the whole host of other benefits, um, people would be able to bring a real world mindset when they view what is simply, you know, produced entertainment. And so our tagline at Make Love Not Porn is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And our mission is one very simple thing, which is to help make it easier for everybody in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex. And to do that in two areas, A, in the public domain, and by that I mean parents to children, teachers to schools, everyone to everyone, but B, and even more importantly, to talk about sex openly and honestly privately in your intimate relationships. And the reason that's so key is because we don't talk about sex, it is an area of rampant insecurity for every single one of us. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual ego is very fragile. People therefore find it bizarre difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because in that situation, you're terrified that if you say anything at all about what is going on, if you comment on the action anyway at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, put them off you, derail the encounter, potentially derail the entire relationship, but at the same time, you want to please your partner. You want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed. Nobody knows exactly what that means. And so you'll seize your cues wherever you can. And if the only cues you've ever seen are in porn, because your parents didn't talk to you about sex, because your school didn't teach you, because your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you're going to take. So given this mission of talk about it, I decided to take every dynamic in social media and apply them to this one area that no other social network will go in order to socialize sex. 
and to make real world sex and talking about it socially acceptable and therefore ultimately just as socially shareable as anything else we share on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. So seven years ago now, my tiny team and I launched MakeLoveNotPorn.tv, which is an entirely, and by the way, forgive the New York sirens in the background. This is an occupational hazard living in New York. Um, there's always sirens. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just glad but, that um, there's someone driving on the streets of New York right exactly, now. Exactly. So MakeLoveNotPorn.tv is an entirely user-generated, crowdsourced video sharing platform that celebrates real-world sex. So anyone from anywhere in the world can submit to us videos of themselves having real-world sex. But we're very clear what we mean by this. We're not porn. We're not amateur. We're building a whole new category on the internet that has never before existed, social sex. So our competition isn't porn it's Facebook and YouTube, or rather it would be if Facebook and YouTube allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which sadly they don't. So social sex videos on Make Love Not Porn are not about performing for the camera. They're just about doing what you already do on every other social platform. Capture what goes on in the real world as it happens spontaneously in all its funny, messy, glorious, silly, beautiful, ridiculous, wonderful humanness. We curate to make sure of that. I designed Make Love Not Porn around human curation, very important. Our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end. We don't publish unless it's real. And we have a revenue sharing business model. Our members pay to subscribe, rent and stream social sex videos. And half that income goes to our contributors whom we call our Make Love Not Porn stars. This is so exciting to me because the work that you're doing, um, I absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree um, that the issue is, is that, you know, we only hand people pornography because we don't teach intimacy when a teenager is trying to get started in their, like, I'm feeling feelings. What, yeah. what am I supposed yeah. to do with yeah. it? Yeah. And, yep, exactly. and the whole concept, adult candy, really how this works is, is like why I'm just so thrilled is that to me, the cultivation of creativity and sensuality is really the foundation that we don't do at all in any way. Absolutely. And, and then we just sort of immediately force people into to sex. And it's external, right? The external experience of seeking sexuality as the the thing that we're supposed to do. But in sensuality is the pause. It's that, that thing that you do where you actually discover, you take time to figure out what you feel is personally for you internalized pleasure. And because there's all the shame around it and when you know you start to become a a teenager like there's no discussing masturbation there's no discussing all of those desires in any sort of way that is healthy that engages that says yeah no you should feel that feel it it's not shameful it's not bad feel more of it discern what it is that you like what you don't like because then you you actually then would be fully capable of expressing that to a partner, and then you can actually, you can move forward to the level of sex. And no, it, 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 exactly. Um, because we're so messed up about sex, you know, we've defaulted it to an act 
to a thing we do. It's not, it's personality. Yeah. Who we are sexually drives everything about how we feel about ourselves, you know, other people, our relationships, our lives, our happiness. Um, and in fact, um, we have put our Make Love Not Porn mission and manifesto up at socialsexrevolution.com because we call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the social. Mm. And, um, and we have our manifesto up, at, um, up there. And, you know, you'll see it starts with imagine a world in which nobody feels guilt, shame and embarrassment around sex, where our sexuality isn't something consigned to the shadows but accepted as personality, a fundamental part of who we are, and where everyone is able to talk openly, honestly, and frankly about sex, whether that's parents educating their children or lovers communicating in bed. And the reason that's so important, Crystal, and you know that this is the overarching goal of Make Love Not Porn. You know, when I say that our mission is this very simple thing to make it easier to talk about sex. Because we do not do that currently, people don't get how massively, profoundly society transformative that would be. And I what I mean by that is- It's so, uh, of course yeah, it is. So, yeah, I so I, I, just, I decided to make love not porn around my own beliefs and philosophies. One of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. And so I regularly ask people this question. What are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed, but they should because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. And so, you know, in that sense, what we're doing at Make Love Not Porn could not be more relevant in the era of Me Too. Because right now, quite rightly, everybody is talking about consent. Everybody is writing about consent. There are lots of thoughtful, nuanced, insightful think pieces out there about consent. Here's the problem. Nobody knows what consent actually looks like in bed. The only way you educate people as to what is great consensual communicative sex, good sexual values and good sexual behavior is by watching people actually having that kind of sex. And Make Love Not Porn is the only place on the internet where you can do that. Every one of our videos is an object lesson in consent, communication, good sexual values and behavior. We are literally education through demonstration. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually built a um, app uh, called Very Spicy Dice uh, because this, mm. is, this has been this ongoing, like this is, this is my, my life mission, right? Like this is the thing I've always been really intrigued by because I was not raised in a traditional religion in any way, shape or form. Mm. And, um, I, you know, technically it was a cult that was ran by a woman and I was never raised with any form of shame around, um, being a sexual person or being a sensual person. Mm. My mother was an artist mm. and she would paint in the nude. We had stacked mm. playboys Great. around my house mm. and, you know, and I just, I never, it never was a thing. And I've lived my mm. entire life um, just as an odd duck because I, 
it's not something that has ever really been a part of my life experience, but it is a part right. of everybody else's. And so I'm just, wow, why is this a thing, right? So it's, it's just always been this fascination that I've had about exploring how intimacy, how you can, can reteach someone or go back in and teach someone mm -hmm that intimacy and that empowerment because it's it's a muscle right like when you know things that you like you mm, get better absolutely. and better and better at knowing what you like and, and and explaining that and expressing it and so i thought one of the things that is the hardest thing to do for people who are already you know locked into the cultural experience of shame and have never developed the muscle of saying this is what i want this is what i don't mm. want is in creating um, sexy dice, right? Like the little sexy dice. And I had them when I was 14. I loved them. I played with them all the time. Yep. <laughs> um, so I did a digital version and I added a bondage yeah. dice and I added a tantra dice as well. Nice. Um, because bondage is such an interesting idea in that it's a power exchange, right? And it gives someone the opportunity to step outside of their comfort zone in who they actually conceive themselves to be in the regular world. And in that opportunity for power exchange, you really do actually transformationally explore things that you want that you wouldn't associate yourself with. And you can actually mm. learn a little bit more about yourself as a sexual person. But exploring talking about that is very difficult to do obviously right so if you turn it into a game where you're not really it's more chance and random and it's externalized it's like, oh it's a game and you know oh you know uh slapping tickling whatever you know all of the various things you know nipple clamps and you get to go through the menu and explore something and try it and if you like it you like it and if you don't you don't but it's in a game format so it doesn't have that kind of pressure and i was just amazed at how that experience taught me numerous things one is that people really really have a hard time at all expressing their inner desires but also the amount of shame that comes from the societal um, experience of even just me attempting to post it as an app on iTunes and in um, uh, Android, it got shut down. It got absolutely shut down. They're like, oh, explicit content, terrible, right? And I could not believe that on the day that they took my, and there's no sexual pictures, nothing right because i didn't want anyone to have a preconceived notion right it's all just very it's just words and it has all of the like this is explicit content blah 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 blah. on the exact same day that they said that mine was was inappropriate was the exact same day that um blowing up your boss with a bazooka app game was number one perfectly fine totally okay yeah. nothing yeah. wrong with that whatsoever and it was in the same month that that young man posted a video and that about, um, you know, so pissed off that he had, that he didn't have a girlfriend, even though he was a good yeah. guy and then went and shot a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no, it, it is enormously ironic. I have to say, the one thing that I did not realize when I embarked on um, building Make Love Not Porn was that I and my tiny team would fight an enormous battle every single day to keep this business alive, essentially because every piece of business infrastructure any other tech startup just gets to take for granted. We can't because the small print always says no adult content. And that is all pervasive across every single area of the business. I can't get funded. I can't get banked. It took me four years to find one bank here in America that would allow me to open a business bank account to make love not porn. Every single tech service that I need to use to operate my platform, hosting, encoding, encrypting, the terms of service always say no adult content. I have to go to people at the top of the company, explain what I'm doing, beg to be allowed to use their service. Sometimes they let me, sometimes they don't. It's a very labor intensive process. Our biggest operational challenge is payments. PayPal won't work with adult content. Stripe can't. Mainstream credit card processors won't. We had to build our entire video sharing, video streaming platform from scratch ourselves as proprietary technology because existing streaming, streaming services will not stream adult content. Even something as apparently simple as sending our membership emails out, MailChimp won't work with adult content. We're rejected by six or seven until we found SendGrid who would. And so I regularly say to my team, the biggest thing we have to celebrate at Make Love Not Porn is we're still here. Yeah. In a world where 70% of all startups fail within the first five years, the very fact we're still alive in the face of all of those obstacles gives you some, of, some idea of how much the world wants us to exist. Well, needs, not wants. Me. Exactly. Exactly. We are, because, and here's the underlying. Here's my. Here's my wild, crazy belief. Under this is this is my interpretation, is that um, if you look at every global culture and and all of the world, you know, really all of the religions, right? They all shame sexuality. There's no role yep. for a woman to be equal, empowered, and happy. Like there is no, like even, even the goddesses, right? They're all jealous, they're all crazy, they're all, they will turn like that other bitch into a swan, whatever, you know? I mean, it's just like, it's all of the things, right? There is no real, there are so few images of where a goddess is actually a actualized, happy, loving, uh, empowered creature that does not end up turning, you know, that doesn't turn to Lilith or, or, you know, an Eve, Eve got us kicked out. This is not a garden. This is not paradise, right? This is the other place and it's Eve's fault. And 2000 years of design consciousness has led to such a, a deep, deep, deep denial of the one single thing that is by design, which is pleasure. Our bodies create pleasure, manufacture it, and it is by design that we experience pleasure to create life. And that is the one thing that we have shamed and denied in every facet of almost, of almost every major culture. 
Well, so, um, so oh, I'm asked. Yes. All, so I'm asked all the time by um, reporters interviewing me. So, Cindy, why do you think we're so messed up about sex? And I'm asked this so often. I now have my answer down pat. Three reasons, and and and, and exactly what you're speaking to. Number one, centuries of repression religion, social cultural dynamics in every single country of the world in the world. As you say, this is a global issue. Number two, the patriarchy. Mm. Because historically, every single institution, including government and religion, has been male dominated. We have never been enabled as women to bring our lens to bear on human sexuality and the world is a poorer place for it. And then reason number three, very straightforwardly, is there are not enough people like me. And by that I mean the world makes it so goddamn difficult to disrupt social narratives around sex. Many people have tried and just given up. You know, I have friends who, who've worked in this area and just given up because everything's so difficult. We need many more people like me who will not give up no matter what. And whenever I'm asked, um, you know, Cindy, what keeps you going in the face of all this? Because I have to tell you, it's enormously demoralizing not being able to raise funding. I've put everything I have in, into keeping Make Love Not Born Alive. My biggest obstacle, by the way, finding investors is the social dynamic I call fear of what other people will think, which operates around sex, my kind of area. But when I'm asked what keeps me going, the single dynamic that, that most motivates me is the one that I characterize as, I'm going to fucking well show you. You tell me it can't be done, I'm gonna fucking well show you. You can offer a path, I'm gonna fucking well show you. I have to turn all of that frustration and demoralization into motivation and inspiration because that's the only way I can get through it. I am with you 100%. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there, there's no other solution, right? when you really truly recognize that we cannot continue like it it just has we we can like this entire absolute halting of society in a month's time right global shutdown is just like the the planet itself being like you cannot do this anymore Patriarchy done. It has to come into balance. Male, female energy has to work together. It just has to. It does in every single other thing. Life, death, everything is a inhale and an exhale. And you just, like, I don't know how else to not continually work on this work. If I'm making an app or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm writing a blog or whatever it is. It's, it's just, it's, it's the, the de destined thing that just is like, this is the problem. And I have to do my little corner of the world of it. And I'm so glad that you're able to be the, um, the full expression of that. And I'm curious how, that affects your personal life like how i mean if your life is make love not porn and and i ask this a lot of like my creatives and my sensualists you know who it's it's their job to do this like intense work that is extraordinary and it's really deep and it's really rich 
but how do you nourish yourself in having intimacy in relationship and holding space for that that part of you well uh, well first of all i mean make love point is simply a manifestation of my personal life anyway because um, because obviously in the first instance um it came out of the fact that i date younger men um, but, you know, um, when I said earlier that, you know, my, my venture is an accident, what is no accident is that, you know, my background is 35 years working in brand building, marketing and advertising. I've spent 35 years working in the business of communication. I know, therefore, that everything great in life and business is born out of great communication sex is no different. Great sex is born out of great communication. So everything that Make Love Not Porn is all about, you know, I practice myself because I have to communicate. And, and incidentally, I am my own research lab. I'm very open about the fact that I date younger men casually and recreationally. I date a number of them. Um, I have never wanted married. I've never wanted children. I adore being single, cannot wait to die alone. Um, and so I see for myself through the younger men I date exactly how all this plays out in the real world all the time. And I address it through communication. And when I do, they absolutely welcome that. And so I am living in my personal life, everything that Make Love Not Porn is all about. And so, you know, there is no divide at all. Um, and, you know, as I said earlier, I believe that everything in life starts with you and your values. And I am living my values and I'm working my values. And, um, and it's wonderful, you know, to, to, have, to, to have every part of my life be, um, you know, to, um, simply true to, true to who yeah. I am. Yeah. You know, I'm, part of my discovery on this is really, is really in under, like the compassion that I've, I've built up in realizing that you know, as much as it sucks to be a woman in, a, in the patriarchy, how much it sucks to be a man in the patriarchy. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I just can't even imagine, you know, being 14 years old and being told that, you know, like being shamed to touch your penis and, you know, that you should really feel super bad about it and that you're doing a terrible thing. Also, here's a porn. Um, for you to look at, but not to actually learn how to engage with an actual person and then go from that to being like, um, also you need to now get laid. You need to, you have no, no discussion about how to actually talk to a woman and learn how to in, engage with her and what is intimate, but they do, they themselves have no idea what it's like to be in their body. Because if you're masturbating from the place of shame to an outside screen or page, you're not in your body in any way, shape or form. You've never been in your body to understand or experience pleasure authentically. And I'm sure obviously that was what you noticed is like, hey, where, where's the actual feelings? What well, you well one, thing, one thing I say regularly, is, is that I wish society understood the opposite of what it thinks is true. Mm. Women enjoy sex just as much as men, and men are just as romantic as women. Mm. Yet neither gender is allowed to openly celebrate that fact, and we'd all be a lot better off if they were. And so I designed Make Love Not Porn specifically to be gender equal. 
um, we have as many male members as female, um, and in fact, possibly even more men write to us appreciating how much we've changed their lives than women do, um, including, you know, um, men love the fact that we celebrate real world emotion. You know, our videos celebrate love, intimacy, feelings. One man wrote to us, and, and the Make Love Not Porn cells in this video, and he said, and I quote, the sex that video was incidental. I want what you guys have. I saw the way that you looked at each other. I saw the way your eyes met. I hope one day I can meet somebody I'll have that with. We get very, very moving emails, by the way. And so, you know, men are not allowed to express their romanticism just as women are not, not allowed to express their sexuality. And if both genders are allowed to do that openly, we'd all be a lot better off. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, there's no way, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, because if, you know, if you look at the chakras, right, and the chakras, the second chakra is the creative, sensual, that's your sexual place, right? It's the second chakra, you know? I mean, if that is never developed or that is shut off, how do you get to three, four, five, six, and seven? I mean, how do you even follow your heart or know what kind of job you want? or know what kind of partner you would actually really work with. I mean, everything about uh, one's personal life experience has nothing to do with who they are as a sensual or sexual person because they don't know that at all. And everybody is like that. Every single person, most 98.9% .9 of the world does not know who they are as a sexual person. And everything else follows from that. Like everything stems from that source of life. It's, it, it's just, it's mind boggling what we would, who we would be in terms of actually being able to look someone in the eye, not just, you know, as a partner or relationship, but even at a job, you know, or to ask for what you want. We don't in any way teach people to do that. How do you, like, one-on-one -on -one when you're talking to a, you know, one of your younger suitors, your lovers, how do you express in a way to, to give them that space, to, to, to give them permission to experience pleasure, not just for you, but for them? Uh, well, you know, um, I'm just... Um, I'm just myself, you know, and so, you know, um, you know, um, obviously, you know, th um, this comes with being um, an older woman, um, but essentially, uh, and I'm 60 now, um, and I've been dating younger men for the past um, 18 years, and so um, I'm totally happy with myself and my body. I don't need any form of reassurance, and I really focus on making them feel good about themselves. And so I regularly tell the men I sleep with that they're beautiful. And I use that word deliberately because we tend not to use that word in association with men. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I will admire, you know, every part of their body. And again, if you only learn about sex from porn, porn teaches men that sex is entirely dick-centric. It's all about how big it is, how hard, you know. And, you know, uh, for example, I, you know, I think nothing is sexier than a male forearm. I'm, I'm really big on male forearms. Really? Lightly first hair, gently muscle. Anyway, to, um, to, um, I, I remember, 
you know, um, I, you know, years ago, I was seeing this lovely 20-year-old. Um, he was on his university's wrestling team, gorgeous, body like a Greek god. Ooh. I remember him sitting on the edge of the bed the morning after, saying to me, shyly, you make me feel so sexy. Mm. And I think that's because he'd never been told he was beautiful before. Um, and by the way, I remember myself as a, you know, late teens, 20-something woman, desperately insecure, and I would never have thought of complimenting the man because I was so worried about what he thought of me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I just, I am who I am in bed and, and I communicate what I want. And, and again, it's interesting, you know, to, um, another young gentleman last year, you know, he is, I guess now, I mean, he's about 22 or so. Um, but I was telling him what to do in bed and clearly, and um, by the way, he, this is somebody who has had a lot of um, lovers of his own age. He's, he's a very attractive, very personal young man. But it was very clear that, that nobody had ever instructed him before. And he was extremely gratified by the results. And, you know, again, that is why the entire mission of Make Love Not Porn is this very simple thing to make it easier for every single person in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex, especially to the people they're having it with while they're actually having it. Mm, Absolutely. So how did you, you, I mean, you mentioned that you were a shy, uh, you know, 19, 20 year old. Um, Walk me through the process of how, you got from 19 year old shy girl worried about what other men thought of you to um, telling a 22 year old, you know, gorgeous Greek God what you want. 60 years of life, <laughs> you know, um, 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 which is why I'd love to shortcut this process for other women because from the moment we're born as women, everything around us conspires to make us feel insecure about absolutely everything to do with ourselves. The way we look, the way we talk, the way we dress, nice girls do this, nice girls don't do that. You know, we spend the rest of our lives coming back for that and some women never do. And I'm who I am because of 60 years of living. And I, as I say, I would love to shortcut that process for other women, which is why I do a lot of speaking and, you know, media interviews around um, all of this. Um, but yeah, pure, purely life experience. Does anything stand out at all? Like just just one of those, like a big moment that was kind of maybe like a, that had the domino effect where you were just like, oh, wait, fuck this. Was there nope. any, anything? Nope. All, no. all one big consistent. No, 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 there were no revelations, you know, or, you know, linchpin moments at all. I mean, everything in my life career has happened by accident. Um, and, and no, no, nothing like that. Just, as I say, you know, gradual, you know, like gaining of life experience and gradual realizations. Hmm. So then how would you, I mean, that obviously you want to shortcut the process for other women. I mean, what would be the, the quickest shortcut beyond just obviously making, you know, make love, not porn. Um, but what advice would you give to other women who are in that process of trying to say to themselves, I just need to, to speak up and I need to say what I want. Oh, um, you know, it's it's very simple. I always say that, you know, the, the best moment in my life, again, this is not a moment, this is a gradual realization, um, was when I realized I don't give a damn what anybody else thinks. 
because fear of what other people will think is the single most paralyzing dynamic in life and in business, by the way. You will never own the future if you care what other people think. So very simply, don't give a damn what anybody else thinks. It's, it makes so much sense and it is the simple thing. I mean, do you ever, but there's always the things that like creep up, right? And how do you stomp them out? Do you just say, you know, fuck it, fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. I mean, is it like a, a little button that you push in your head or do you have any kinds of just tricks? Well, well, well I, I go back to what I said earlier. Um, everything in life starts with you and your values. And so I encourage everybody, if they have not done this previously, to take a long, hard look into themselves and to identify, you know, ask yourself, what do I believe in? What do I value? What do I stand for? What am I all about? Because when you identify your values and your beliefs, that makes life so much simpler. Life still throws you all the shit it always will, but you know exactly what to do in any given situation um, in a way that is true to you. And that really is the secret of happiness. Living your life and working your work, knowing you're always being true to yourself. Mm. Could you imagine what that would be like if we actually applied that to like a country or like to our, our global society? Like, I, I honestly think that that's really what's missing is that we don't have like human race, like our values, you know? And like, that's why we're just always, yeah, like, I, you know, just shooting off like, oh, hey, I, you know, we'll, we'll try this, we'll do that, we'll, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But we just have no single connection to saying, hey, we value as human life, human life, we value this, we value the color blue, you know, whatever it is. We've never collectively done anything together. It's, do you even imagine that that could happen? That we could get to that point? Well, I think, um, you know, the, the good thing about what we're seeing around us now is that um, disaster brings out the best in humanity. Mm. And there are many people rallying around now to help all of us. And, and that's wonderful to see. What do you think is the, the next stage or what, what do you need help with? What do you want to have happen with Make Love Not Porn? Oh, it's enormously simple. Um, I need funding. Um, because basically, to keep my business alive and to enable it to scale, um, I need um, the ability to find, you know, open-minded investors who will, who will support us with funding. And, and by the way, you know, my original um, hope was absolutely to get Make Love Not Porn operational under its own steam. Um, but the enormous barriers facing us are so challenging that the only thing that overcomes them is money. And so I'm, I'm always looking for investors and looking for funding while I, I, I work my hardest to keep my startup alive. And I mean, it really is, even though it's been around for 11 years, I mean, you still feel mm. like it's in startup mode. Oh, um, yeah, no, no, very much so. Um, so. So bear in mind that, 
you know, 11 years ago is when I launched MakeLoveNotPorn.com in its original little porn world versus real world mode. I then pitched the idea of MakeLoveNotPorn.tv for two long years before I found one investor willing to put up the seed funding to enable me to build the platform. Um, we launched MakeLoveNotPorn.tv in public beta in January of 2013, so seven years ago. Um, as I said, the fact that we are still operational is a miracle given all the obstacles we face and a demonstration of how much you know, people, people want us and how loyal our community is. Um, in all that time, we've never had the funding to do paid for marketing promotion. Our growth has been entirely organic, driven by media coverage and search. You know, in total, over 500,000 people have signed up from all around the world. Um, and, and, and by the way, we're a global platform because our traffic is very random and, and organic. We get many people joining us um, from countries like India and China and Brazil, where the local economy is completely out of whack with our business model. So we have a much, much smaller number of you know, um, paying members. We've had over you know, 200 Make Love Not Porn stars submit to over 2,500 videos. We began taking an income on day one. Our monthly income is very low given the enormous payment processing challenges we face and the extortionate fees that we have to pay accordingly. If we could use PayPal and Stripe, we'd triple our income overnight without doing anything else. But nevertheless, you know, the key thing is in a world where the received wisdom is that nobody pays for porn, our members are paying for social sex. They see the value of what we're doing. And so we are a phenomenal investment but, you know, at the moment, we are absolutely um, a bootstrapping startup because we have not yet been enabled to scale, you know, in, in the way that I, that I want us to and that I know we can. How does the porn industry feel about you? Like, do they see you as a competitor or could you... Go ahead. Um, no, 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 not at all. Um, you know, as I said, our tagline is pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. Um, we are, and the way I put it is, if porn is the Hollywood movie, we're the real world documentary. We're a complement and a counterpoint to porn, not a competitor. We are what everybody needs, which is the documentaries alongside, you know, the fantasy movie. Um, and, um, and in fact, I mean, we have a lot of friends in the porn industry. Um, and my friends helped me with um, one of the categories I conceived of for Make Love Not Porn before we launched and asked my friends who are porn stars to help with, was that um, I wanted Make Love Not Porn to be the only place on the internet where porn stars share videos of the sex they have offset in the real world. I because porn stars are real world right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And porn stars are real world sex too, which is completely different from the sex that they have, you know, professionally and performatively. And so, you know, um, our gay, straight, lesbian, trans porn star friends share on Make Love Not Porn videos of the sex they have in their real world relationships with their real world partners. And they talk in those videos about how different this is from what they perform professionally. And, and, and you know, and, and it's wonderful. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, thrilled, we're thrilled to have that um, on Make Love Not Porn. Um, is there a possibility of maybe expanding make love not porn as as an entire like i mean because you have created like this tv and um you know just this whole platform itself i mean because there are so many other um sex positive 
sites, projects, art, things that are in the world, like the beautiful dildos that, you know, didn't really get a chance to, at the, you know, um, at the electronics show. All, like there's so much of this world that exists. Like, is there a way for you to sort of hold space for that because you have built this whole other and like bring in, you know, like, like be the the Amazon for sex um, positive oh, yep. world. Yep. No. Um, if we can raise funding, absolutely. Mm. I have a whole roadmap for the future with many areas of expansion to make love not porn. When we find investors, we can do that. Right now, our tiny team is four people, including me, and we're just trying to keep the business alive. And our survival is by no means certain, given all the challenges we face. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm a founding member of Women of Sex Tech. If your listeners go to womenofsextech.com, they will see um, how many wonderful female entrepreneurs are working in this space. Women of Sex Tech started here in New York four years ago. It's now you know, a global entity. We have you know, um, women of sex taking countries all around the world. And we are an enormously collaborative community because we all face the same challenges and the same obstacles. We all face the same difficulties raising funding. And so we're all out to help each other um, to overcome all of this together. Mm. And, you know, uh, being that it is uh, spring equinox, um, what is the number? What What would be... Like, let's put that seed into the world. What is the amount of money that you <laughs> I love want to make yep. that happen? Yep. No, um, no um, I'm, well, well to, you know, to, um, I'm going to be completely straightforward um, because, um, you know, we would love to raise the kind of money that more conventional startups get to raise to really um, scale big time. Yeah. Our ambition is to be the Facebook of social sex. And so I would like to raise a round of $10 million to achieve that. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. $10 million. All right. Yep. I mean, that's not really... That's not... Into the spring equinox. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you think about how much money, and I guess that's what's always kind of insane right is when you see what you know people will throw away you know like 30 oh yeah especially at um, young young white bros with utterly yeah. trivial apps and scooter ventures and you know yeah exactly yeah you're like well i'm so glad that that whole automated burger maker or pizza maker <laughs> as a robot you know. pizza maker oh my god they raised what 140 million dollars or something ridiculous yeah, I know. Outrageous. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. But the, again, that's the thing is that we are, you know, I, um, I, I had a radio show uh, in San Francisco called Our, Our Cultural Rehab. And it really did. Mm. It explored that whole idea because it's just like, I, how do you have good ideas in when everything around you is bad ideas? You know, and that's just like everybody is subscribed to bad ideas and you're the crazy person being like, hey, I don't want to be a, a bad idea anymore. But you're like, all of the money goes to the bad ideas. Well, yep, um, no, well, it goes to the young white male founded bad ideas. Wow. And there are many brilliant female founded ideas um, that have withered on the vine because they couldn't get funded. Well, and also because in the angel world, in the, you know, uh, in the startup world, there's so few 
women that are like actually able to give out money or making those decisions about how to, to I mean, when I would talk to investors, it was mostly men and they would be like, I don't think that's really a thing. Like, well, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet you don't sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. What I'm talking about is a thing. Yeah. And even if you don't think it's a thing, I'm telling you as a woman that for women, it's a thing. And there's a lot of women. Yeah. And they still oh, no, no. look at you like you're yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, and as I like to say, there's a huge amount of money to be made out of taking women seriously. Because nobody is. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our hour, and I do have another call after oh, this. Right, so I, this has been an absolute delight. Um, I am going, I hope that this this is the seed that gets you your $10 million. I would love to, <laughs> I would love to, to continue to, to watch you and, and, and work with you because, you know, it, it is. There is the connection between figuring out what makes you feel good and then actually being able to make other people feel good or tell them how you need to be, you know, how you feel. Exactly. And, and I will just say, Crystal, that, you know, to be honest, um, you know, this is actually a very good time for Make Love Not Porn. You know, I mean, I'm counting my blessings because, you know, I have a business that is wholly digital, um, so can survive in the, in the current climate. My tiny team and I are extremely used to remote working because we've done it, you know, um, ever since um, we started. And we have a venture um, where with everybody staying at home and in more need of love and human connection than ever before, <laughs> These, these are the circumstances which I sincerely hope Make Love Not Porn is going to thrive. Oh, yeah. People have got eight weeks and they're like, you know, all you can do is, you know, delivery and that's it. So I'm pretty yeah. sure you might have quite the spike in um, not just viewing, but I mean, you know, uh, oh, oh, content creators. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you have to, do, um, do you know, literally in just the past few days, we have seen you know, a sudden increase in submissions from Make Love Not Porn Stars. So, yep, we're thrilled. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, you, you're you poised to be in the best position possible, which I'm sure is your um, uh, your forte anyway. So, um, yeah, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Cindy, for taking the time to talk to me and um, and share your mission and share what you're doing. It's just, it's uh, it's so exciting. It's like, no, it's an absolute pleasure, Krista. And we are on very much the same wavelength. You know, I love everything you're doing. You know, I agree with everything you've said. And so together with all the other people like us, we are going to change the world through sex. Yeah, we absolutely yeah. are. We absolutely fucking are.